This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. We wanted to take a few minutes to visit with the uh, comptroller of Illinois, uh, Suzanne Mendoza, uh, who joins us uh, this morning. I, I know you got a busy day ahead. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today. I'd like to ask you first about uh, another credit rating upgrade. You know, for years we were heading in the absolute wrong direction. It seems like now uh, there's good news after good news. What does this mean for the folks of Illinois? Oh, my goodness. I am so excited. Good morning. Um, it means that whenever the state of Illinois has to access uh, capital or money in the marketplace, that it will cost us less to do so. So this will save every time we see a credit upgrade, it saves hundreds of millions, if not actually billions of dollars in additional costs to taxpayers. Things like roads and bridges, you know, those are things that we need to go to the market for uh, to borrow money. And just like a person at home, when they go to purchase a car, if they have good credit, they might, back in the old days, right, we'd pay 0% interest. I think today the best you can get is 3 But if you have bad credit, you might be paying 15 or 20% interest on a vehicle. So um, this is the difference between having good credit and bad credit. And so we want to keep seeing those credit upgrades. And I'm so proud that we've had seven on my watch. And we're going to keep getting more. Yeah, you know, I know it's easy. It is really easy to talk about Illinois and the financial troubles and, oh, it's not business friendly. And, and we did. We dropped quite a bit. If you go back to the days of, of Thompson through, uh, you know, Edgar to George Ryan and then really taking a dip during Blagojevich and, 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 and mm-hmm. Pat Quinn. But... Uh, to you and to our current governor, J.B. Pritzker, it, you know, we are on the upswing. And if you just look at, at the historical context of, of charting it that way, it's been a couple of good years. Yes, it has. It's been a couple of fantastic years. And really, you know, when I first took office, which was two years before Governor Pritzker, um, that's when the state was at its absolute worst point, right? We had a backlog of almost $16.7 billion of unpaid bills. Today, that backlog has been fully paid down. We don't, we don't have a backlog. We have a working accounts payable of under well under $3 billion, which is the normal cost of doing business in Illinois or running government. Um, and I paid that backlog down um, well before even getting a penny of the federal stimulus dollars into the state of Illinois. So this has been happening since that first year that I took office. I'd already cut about $9 billion off of the bill backlog. And we had been moving the state in the right direction. And I have a governor who works with me instead of, again, helpful. Um, and so we're, we're doing our job. And this is good for Illinois taxpayers. We also have a rainy day fund now of over a billion dollars, which is the highest it's ever been. When I first took office, we had less than $60,000 in that rainy day fund. And I had an almost $17 billion backlog of unpaid bills, um, which that does absolutely nothing to help pay down. So we've come a long way. The credit rating agencies have acknowledged that. And the transparency that my office has done, I think, has also been instrumental in helping get those credit upgrades. And, and like I said, we're just getting started. There are more to come. Well, clearly the voters agreed with you, uh, getting almost 60%, uh, and we're very happy about that. I have to ask about your brother. Last time we visited, uh, you shared with me uh, that he is a long uh, COVID sufferer and has had uh, several strokes. Police officer who got this on duty. What I, I I just I do not understand. And I'm not. I don't want you to have to get into a political argument here with Mayor Lightfoot. But but why in the world would we not be treating this disability the same as every other disability? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. It absolutely should. I think it's it's just horrible and tragic that it's not treated that way. And for your listeners, just so they understand what the issue at play here is, I mean, it's not political. It's just an issue of, of common decency. Um, today, if a police officer in the city of Chicago, 
And, and by the way, this is specific to Chicago because no other municipality in the state uh, disrespects, disrespects their officers this way. It's only the city of Chicago. And so um, in the city of Chicago, if a police officer dies um, or died during the months of uh, March 9th of 2020, which is when the official lockdown happened and the executive order took place for COVID, uh, that, those were really, really the early stages of it through June 30th of 2021, which is when vaccines were finally available and everybody had had an opportunity to take one, right? Prior to that, there were no vaccines. Uh, And for example, if a police officer died in Illinois during that period of time, which is when they were least protected and the virus was at its worst, and there weren't even therapeutics available, right? If an officer in Chicago died, he was given a presumption, a rebuttable presumption in other words, think of it as the benefit of the doubt, that that officer contracted COVID while in the performance of an official act of duty. So if you die from it, your family would get death benefits. But if you don't die from it, you get nothing. And so it's absolutely insane, makes no sense. And an officer should not have to die in the city of Chicago to be given their benefits. Now, my brother is one of 18 to 20 others that are in a pipeline, but he was the first case. He was the test case to go before the city of Chicago's pension fund after getting sick from after working 17 days straight with no days off, extended hours during the thickest part of the pandemic in November of 2020, well before vaccines were available. And um, he fell sick with COVID on his birthday, as a matter of fact, and spent 72 days hospitalized, lost both his kidneys, had five strokes, and when he went to go before the uh, disability, um, the pension fund for his disability, which of course he's completely disabled now as a result of, of COVID on the job, um, the pension fund doctor gave a report that 100% acknowledged that my brother was totally disabled and likely caught COVID while on the job. But the pension fund nonetheless ignored the doctor's recommendation, and that's their own doctor's recommendation and voted to not grant duty disability benefits to my brother because he could not prove which specific act of duty as a police officer is the one that led him to catch COVID. Now, that's an impossible standard of proof, not just for my brother, but for any officer who caught COVID during that period of time. And um, it is so unfair that they're essentially saying that the only way an officer can get benefits in the city is if they die. And that's not right. So that's what I'm trying to fight against. I've introduced legislation through uh, Representative Jay Hoffman and Senator Bill Cunningham in Springfield that would treat um, disabled officers during that same period of time uh, in the same way that we would treat dead officers. And that is that um, if they die, they get duty death benefits. And if they survive but are forever disabled, they will be getting their rightfully owed um, duty disability benefits. Well, I, I hope you win that fight for not only just your brother, but for every other law enforcement officer that had to keep doing their job. There was no choice as essential workers. Listen, exactly. uh, I, I hope he's doing okay. Uh, our best to him. Keep up the great work. And uh, uh, we really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today. Oh, thank you. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Because it's actually really good news and, and like a happy story, <laughs> like a sad story with my brother. But right there in Decatur, uh, yesterday we had a a ceremony where we honored um, African-American leaders and people who really contributed a lot, uh, considering that it's uh, Black History Month here in the nation and also here in Illinois, and we're celebrating it. And you have one of your own that was um, celebrated by my office yesterday, and that's Preston Jackson. 
he's a sculptor, an art educator, and gallery owner. Um, his gallery is called the Side View Gallery. But he's got work that is um, on display there in Decatur. He was born in Decatur. And there's a park, actually, in Decatur that's named after him, the Preston Jackson Park, where the, some of his works are on display. He's a sculptor and a painter and just an incredible, incredible individual. So I thought it was just fun little factoid to let you know that one of your own was recognized yesterday as um, a really, really a great contribution to Illinois. Yep, he's a world-class sculptor. In fact, I can look out my window from our sixth floor studios and look at uh, Preston Jackson Park uh, and his work. So next time you're here, come by and visit us in person. We appreciate it. You got it. Thanks so much for having me, and have a great morning. All right, you as well. That's uh, Illinois Comptroller Susanna Mendoza. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.